welcome to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we're unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Trisha Ryan, and together with Crystal Roberts, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we are exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Hi, Crystal. Hi, Trisha. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's summer. It's summer. Yes, it <laughs> is. I'm loving the fact that we're getting a little bit, here in the Pacific Northwest anyway, we're getting some lovely like 80-degree heat, although I recognize that there are a lot of people around the world and in our country that are really suffering. So just um, keeping them close in heart. Thank you. Yeah, personal, I, I'm personally kind of torn by that. It, um, I think we expect a certain amount of hot weather at certain times, but there are, there are regions in this world right now who are doing that for the first time, and it's, it's uh, gut-wrenching to see fires in places that didn't have never had them. It's kind of hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, today we're going to talk about some, a little bit, a few gems anyway, or a gem that, that we heard about in our last podcast with Elizabeth Levitt, and it was a lot of fun, I thought. I enjoyed uh, yeah, it. Yeah, I loved, loved that episode. So uh, so inspiring and really, really got me thinking about, you know, what what can we do? What can we really do individually to to make this a better world? And it's it's about thoughtful action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, what was really interesting to me is that, and I do believe that it is up to every individual to do something, right? And she was talking about how it's much more than that. And you know, that's what puts it into perspective for me sometimes is when I hear somebody who is really an expert in something like that, and they say, "No, it's much bigger than that." Businesses have to think differently. Leaders have to think differently. And yeah. so do governments. Everybody has to think differently now because this is this is real. You know, our yeah. for us to be able to live in a in a sustainable environment or a world, we have to really all be thinking about what we can do differently. And so I I found that to be not that it was foreign to me, but it was definitely an, another eye opener. And it kind of, to your point, it kind of energized me, made me yeah. think, boy, I really need to be on my game with my summer challenge, which is <laughs> to compost, right? And, yeah. Wow. Um, I've learned a lot already. And in fact, I'm actually starting to love composting. It's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think that, yeah, one of those comments that she made about that we can't wait around for somebody else to have the solution. Mm-hmm. That if uh, a path that we're going down isn't getting us, isn't isn't moving us in the direction we thought it would move us, or we're waiting for somebody else to make a decision or to open the gate for us, it's not going to happen. And that we have to start somewhere. We have to start with ourselves and then start in our communities and our cities, in our states, like moving out from the center, from starting with us. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was just so important. And I also wanted to give a little shout out to some of the conversation we had after, after we hit the stop record button. (laughs) And one of the things that she, that we talked about was when we were thinking about 
you know, what can women do to, to sort of develop themselves? And she was talking about the really important role that, that mentors had played in her life mm-hmm. and how she was being uh, a mentor to others. And then she sort of laughed and said, oh my gosh, I don't know why I forgot to say coaching and how important coaching was too. So I just want to do that shout out too, because you know we're so committed to coaching and we're executive coaches and leadership coaches ourselves right. who have both received um, our PCCs in the last couple of months, which is Yay. that professional certification around coaching from the International Coaching Federation. And so we obviously believe um, that coaching really works. It was nice to hear her also give that shout out and say how important that is for for not only just women, all leaders, to mm-hmm. make sure that um, they're bettering themselves. And one way to do that is through coaching. So I loved that. Oh, and I love that you mentioned it. And, and actually, I think that we can kind of um, use that sort of as a little springboard here, because as coaches, you know, one of the things that we we can do, or, or one of the many things I would say is that we can coach um, people on their voices or their stories, how they craft their own story. Um, it's We're not there to tell them how to do it, but we're certainly there to walk beside them as they're discovering their voice. And um, I think that's, that's a really important thing that came out of that, that discussion. And um, not that we want to like always tilt in one direction over another. I think we're going to be talking about women today, right? Yeah. And how often women will, our voices or our stories are crafted with the intention of trying to make it in our own minds um, attractive for somebody else to hear. And so in that quest to make it a, a hearable message, if you will, you know, a a message that others can understand, we might actually um, soften it to the point or maybe not soften it, but we'll change it to a point where we think that others would need to have it um, posed so that they can hear that message. And often it's just not as effective, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have to be, we have to be careful about how what are the words that we're using mm-hmm. and, and how we how we speak our own truths uh, because it's important. Yeah. It made me think about a, a study that was done in 2012 by Jack Zinger and Joe Folkman, um, two gurus in leadership basically, um, where they were doing 360s on leaders and they were specifically looking at how women and men stacked up against each other with respect to 19 leadership competencies that they had identified. And they found that um, in 17 of the 19 competencies, women actually outscored men. Um, they, they came out with higher um, scores than men did. And, but in the last two competencies, uh, they were slightly uh, less and I wouldn't. I would say slightly because when I look at the numbers, they are just minuscule. However, those two areas were technical or professional expertise, and uh, develops strategic perspective. When you and I had an opportunity to talk to Jack Singer a couple of years ago, and he said that what they came away with was that 
women's messages are not strong enough for them to be seen as being strong in these areas, but it does not mean that they're not strong in these areas. And so that's where um, we, we kind of landed today as we were talking about women and their stories. And But I think this is a great starting point is that, that there are women in leadership who may be absolutely stellar and we know they probably are stellar as leaders in different industries, but they may not be able to just even crash through that final glass ceiling to be at the top of leadership food chain, if you will. And it may just be their stories. It may just be the way they're communicating or the way they're approaching things. So what are your thoughts about that, Crystal? Well, I think first of all um, that you were that article that you're referencing, just to let people know, of course, it'll be in our show notes so people mm-hmm. can find that there on our website. Yes, There's a lot of really great data in there, even though I know it's just slightly dated, but still those things we've, we show are holding true. Mm-hmm. I do think that it's a really interesting sort of question that you pose around women being able to tell their stories. And is it that we're not telling them well, or is it that we're not telling them in a way that... Um, some people are not picking up um, what we're trying to say. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, sort of thinking about that. And then the other thing I thought about was what that study refers to is 360 feedback. And I am a huge proponent of 360 feedback. Yes. I think it's really important. And we always have to take 360 feedback in kind of with a, a little bit of grain of salt to say, where where do does this resonate with me? Where am I challenged? Unpacking that with a coach is really important yes. to help you work through that because I do think we can't necessarily take that 360 feedback and just accept it. Um, we have to sort of process it and think about what does this really mean for me? Does it resonate with the way I see myself and is it truly a blind spot mm-hmm. or is it just that others don't really know what I'm what I'm actually, what I'm made of, right? What, right. what, what's my true story? How am I as an authentic person coming across? Mm-hmm. So we can always learn something from these three sixties. Um, and so thinking about the the three sixty and the feedback that we get, and we can get, you know, just by asking too. It doesn't have to be in a big uh, three sixty process, but. Right. That's part of that piece you're talking about as far as telling our story, being authentic and how we tell our story and being heard by others. Like, mm-hmm. what do we need to do um, to be heard by others? And and there's a lot that goes into that that gets mixed up in that. And when you, you and I were talking in preparation for this about sometimes it's just also about kind of our personal style. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to recognize, oh, this is the com- the style that I'm most comfortable with. But it doesn't actually resonate with the person that I'm talking to. And so there is nothing wrong. In fact, we encourage people to be aware of that (laughs) and to see how are my messages landing with people and then flexing our style a little bit so that we can actually be heard in a better way. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's not particular to women. It's definitely particular to being human, you know, that we're all, we are all different and unique and we, we are responsible in the communication process mm-hmm. 
to not only give out messages, but to see, hey, are these being received and how are they being received? Yeah, I I love that. It, all things being equal, you know. Yeah. Whether you are male or female, you know, the way we craft our messages, it's really incumbent upon us to look at the signals that we're getting back from the communication we're having. And often I think people miss that cue. Um, you know, there's body language that's involved in communication, yes. big communication piece, right? And so if somebody is, if their eyes are drifting off as you're talking, you may be losing your audience. And so how do you pull them back, right? What, what do you need to do to pull them back? Or if they start looking like they're getting a little, you know, their feathers are getting ruffled, you may have triggered something that in someone else. And it's all very personal. We all have our own you know, personal perspectives on the world, and everybody has their own way of hearing a message. And so it's really incumbent upon anybody, um, not just women, but all, all people too, um, think about how you are, the message that you're delivering, and how you want it to land. Because depending on your audience, you may have to really shift, you may have to flex your style significantly in some cases. Yeah. You know, I know, for in my own personal life, my family, um, it was not unheard of for us to make our recommendations to like my dad when we would be, you know, driving around or when we would be traveling, which was a lot because my dad was in the service and we moved every nine months, right? But it was not unheard of for us to um, approach him with a question instead of a statement. So we mm -hmm. might, you know, say, does... Do you think that, you know, there might be gas stations in the next, you know, 20 <laughs> miles? <laughs> I think we can all figure out what that was for. But but my, instead of, you know, just coming right out and saying, Dad, we need to, you know, we need to hit the the restroom. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, um, do you think maybe we might stop in the near future? Or, or if we wanted to go see the, you know, the world's largest ball of string, instead of just saying can we go see the ball of string? We would, we would make sure it was like, wow, look at what they have in this state. Isn't it interesting? I wonder how far off the road that we're on right now would it be for us to go to the biggest ball of string, you know, <laughs> instead of just coming out and asking. And my father yeah. would have probably much rather had us just say it. Just you know, <laughs> and so, and I find that I grew up doing that, so that mm. became a tendency a lot when I was um, starting out in business. I would approach things that way. And I don't think I was astute enough really to catch when people were not getting or not resonating with what I was saying. And so it took me years to get to where I was really looking for body language or I was looking for other cues to tell me that I need to change my or shift my thinking or shift my style. So um, I, I think about um, an article that we have and it will be on the website um, it's called Women Leaders, Own Your Story and Tell It Well. And it's something that um, Elizabeth Levitt did bring up, that, that women really yeah. should be mindful of how they say their message, you know, make sure that they own it, own your message. It's that perceived lack of confidence that can, for somebody else who's a listener, it can actually discount your your really good work or your really good message. So it's really important to think about how you 
um, want a message to come across? And then how do you want people to perceive it? Because if you want them to think you're in charge, then be in charge. And that changes the way you approach things. This article actually gives you, it's sort of a three-step process to helping you craft your message, right? Yeah. I really do like that first step where they talk about uh, deciding uh, what event, what to actually highlight. And I do think, you know, that it's, it's sort of um, common knowledge, um, maybe folklore a little bit, but I do think we do see it show up um, certainly in our clients and the people we work with. Mm-hmm. Women tend to give credit away mm-hmm. and not necessarily take credit for themselves. And we aren't talking about being a narcissist here. We're not talking about... Um, leaving your team behind you and taking all the credit or taking somebody else credit for somebody else's work. Mm-hmm. Certainly not talking about that, but we we are saying make sure that you do own the, your achievements and and to talk about those in a way that are relevant to whatever it is that's at hand that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. People need to know that hey, yeah, you've got some experience here. You've got some wisdom to share because you've been through a few things. You know that I had a client um, not too long ago, actually, that that gave me an example, and that sort of speaks to this. Um, He was saying that when he's in a staff meeting and he brings up a suggestion or he says something that is relevant to the topic, and then three or four minutes later, somebody else in the room will bring up the same thought, only they, they craft it differently. Um, he said for the longest time he was getting really irritated because people were saying what he had just said and everybody got what the other person said, but not what he did. And he didn't, it was, he had to go through a process of putting two and two together to figure out that it's the way he crafted his message. But most often somebody else might pipe up and say, wasn't that what so-and-so just said? Um, So the room knew it. But isn't it interesting they didn't hear his voice, but they heard someone else's. And so that's what I think a lot of this is. You know, he wasn't taking ownership of what he was talking about. It was much, he would, he would approach it with a, maybe a, a kind of a softer, um, not quite confident approach. And so it almost sounded like he was just kind of asking what people thought instead of just telling them that, you know, this is what he thinks. Yeah. And it was... Um, it was telling, in fact, until I read this. I didn't really, I, I had nothing to put that to when it came yeah. to a message, but that's exactly one of the things that happens is that if we don't own our story, somebody else is going to own it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, the, and the second step, you know, is why, why is our experience, why are these experiences important? And I think that that really matters too because I have myself um, been in conversations where I talk about things that are at the second I'm saying them are important in my head because that's what the stories are telling me, right? But, um, or my voices are telling me, or, oh yeah, everybody's going to want to hear this. But then I find out just through observing that it's probably not the time to talk about it. So um, I, I have to think about that too. But, but if I do stop and think about it, I almost always look at what do I want people to get from this? What do I want them to understand? Why is this important? If it's not important, then 
maybe I'm better off journaling, you know. But if it's important, then I need to make sure that I'm saying it in a way that people will understand or at least hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The the other point in here I think they make, which is really helpful, is oftentimes we aren't even really aware of how often we're doing this as women is we apologize. Yes. And so really thinking about, of course, we want to apologize when we've truly done something to harm somebody else, whether we intended to or not. Of course, we want to do that. But oftentimes, we'll even just show up to the conversation that way and apologize. Oh, you know, I'm sorry, but I'd like to break in here. Mm -hmm. Or even that I'm sorry, I'm late to the meeting. You're, you know, 30 seconds late. You don't have to apologize. You're here. Welcome. Yeah, there's a risk in apologizing all the time. And I mean, there are probably more than a few, but one of the consequences is that people stop listening. Because if if I'm sorry all the time, then why would they listen to me, right? Yeah. And if I'm sorry is is the only thing that's said, and I've, I've actually done that with you in the past, and I think you, you gave me feedback that changed that. So thank you for that. But, um, you know, just as a almost an opener to say, oh, I'm sorry, I just wanted to, you know, talk to you about, or I'm sorry, I didn't realize that, you know, yeah. if you do that all the time, people start getting a little irritated sometimes. It's like, are you always sorry? Are you sorry at all? Yeah. It's not always sorry. It's are you sorry at all, really? And yeah. then when you really are sorry, <laughs> where do you have to go? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's such a true statement that we, we don't need to we don't need to apologize for what we know and what we do. And, you know, I think we should be proud of it and own it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and promoting ourselves, you know, making sure that we're giving ourselves some of the credit for what is being done. To your point earlier, it's like when you're talking, you know, own that. This is this is what I believe. This is what I think, you know. And I think is not as strong as I believe, because I believe comes from a deeper part mm-hmm. of you. I think often it, it denotes something that has to do with your values a lot of times, you know. I believe that we need to do this. I believe this is be a good idea. And the reason I do is I think it's a good idea is because, you know, or something like that. You know, you, you may have to justify what your belief is, but um, people will then know what you're standing for, which mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. So that last step, the third step, mm-hmm. is to explain why the narrative matters. So I do Mm. think it's important to be clear. It really does help tell your story, but also making it really clear for the listener about why you're telling the story. I think that is really important. And that, again, these these things are important, not just for women, but for for everyone who's really trying to communicate clearly. I don't know if, if you've experienced this, but I've, you know, when I'm facilitating classes that invariably there'll be one person maybe in the class who'll say things like, you know, this may be a dumb question, but, and yeah, and what it, it does to me is, you know, it makes me want to take everybody right back up to their operating agreements that they have, you know, set at the beginning of a meeting where no question is stupid or nothing is yeah. dumb, you know, that kind of thing. And I, and I make sure that people remind, I remind them that we have, agreements to that but um but it, what it does for the listener is it, it makes them almost want to say oh the, it's not a stupid question it's not and so then it's a an exchange which takes time and and there's nothing wrong with that but um but 
it might put the person who's saying that in in a place where other people might also once again not not see the the relevance or the importance of the question because the question is always important no matter what the question is mm-hmm. right yeah would, i would not ask a question if i didn't want to know the answer yeah. Right? yeah yeah exactly yeah and and most cases my experience has been too that when people ask a question many other people in the room at least one other person has that question too. They just haven't had the courage to ask it. That is so true. I'm like 99% of the time, (laughs) right? I know. You see all of these (sighs) sigh of relief. (laughs) Now I have the answer. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think what we've been talking about really is just making sure that as we communicate with each other, that we think about what we're communicating and we think about how we're communicating. It's just, it's so important. I think for women it's important because it puts us in a different, um, on a different step in the world. You know, it, it, it gets us uh, to a point where we can be confident about what we know and who we are and the experience, the knowledge, the skills that we possess because we're communicating that in a way that shows other people. And so you start to get conf- your confidence starts to you know build and and that just makes for better productivity all the way around when you're not worrying about how you're perceived you're probably spending all that time doing things that are innovative and you know creative and hopefully sustainable right and yeah. that that takes us back to that um, zinger folkman you know, study where they were talking about those two areas for women, I think those would be, those wouldn't even be significant at all. There would be nothing. There would, in fact, women would once again come out on top because we are projecting and it's that projection of what you know and who you are, owning your story. Yeah, absolutely. And we need every voice. We need all of the ideas. We need all of that innovation and good thinking and wisdom. Um, I think of Elizabeth in our last episode when she was talking about how she realized after a year of retirement that she wasn't done. <laughs> exactly. That these these issues in our world are so important and so critical. She came out of retirement to bring her voice to the the issues and problems of the world right now to help solve them. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness for that. And she's such a great example of a strong woman who's willing to step out there and, and to do the right thing. And she says it and does it in a way where she owns it and other people can hear it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're talking about here is really using her as a model around that of really owning your story Offering it up, knowing the value and the contribution that you can make to making the world a better place. She is quite an ambassador for that, isn't she? And I'm so glad that she came out of retirement, and I'm sure that her organization is as well, because yes. <laughs> you know they she was in demand and has always been. So yeah. this is um, it's good that we have her back in back in the world um, and hearing her voice. It's yeah. wonderful. We're at a point today where we'll, I think we should let our listeners start processing some of this and seeing how changing our, our messages or, 
or making sure that we own our stories, how that starts to shift the way we're perceived by others. And I would challenge people to think about that and start observing, kind of look around you and see how people are reacting as you change the way you approach. Yeah, absolutely. So we're taking a bit of a break. So letting our listeners know we are taking a summer hiatus. We'll be back. Uh, We actually have one more episode. We're going to do a small episode next week that talks a little bit more about our summer challenge that we want to remind people about that. The actual uh, question that we're asking people is, what did you do this summer to have a positive personal impact on making a better world. And as we've said, we've got the three $50 REI gift cards that we'll be giving away. We have a celebrity panel that will be judging these and the form, the template to fill out, to submit your entry will be available on our website starting August 1st. So hopefully you're out there taking pictures of what you're doing. You can start writing your story. Most importantly, just thinking about your personal impact and what you're doing this summer to make a better world. After drop on August 1st, we'll be taking the rest of the month off. We'll be back on September 12th with a really fantastic guest. We're not going to reveal that yet, but you are going to love it. So great guest on September 12th. And during this hiatus, we would encourage you to go back and listen to a few of the episodes, especially if you haven't actually listen to all of them. We've got some really good ones out there, Mm -hmm. some really amazing guests, including Elizabeth, if you haven't heard that one yet. Um, And hope that you have a chance to go back and enjoy those. Hopefully you're enjoying your summer as well. And um, we'll be, like I said, back at it on September 12th. We we have gotten some great feedback so far on Mm -hmm. some of our episodes. And so I'm with you. I would really encourage people to just take some time. You know, if it's a commute, put it on while you're on your commute because it's good information and it's sound information. We're not not, um, being extreme on anything. We've got some really great um, speakers and uh, it would be, it would be, wonderful if you could you know just kind of check it out while you're on your on your commute home or or i've heard actually people are listening to it while they're weeding their gardens their community gardens right yes (laughs) there you go we talked about those community (laughs) gardens but yeah people are 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 on their walk you know while you're Mm -hmm. exercising or whatever so just um cleaning out your garage yeah, cleaning out your garage. Yeah, <laughs> pop it on. Great. All right. Um, I was just thinking, but have a have a piece of paper and pen, <laughs> of course, if you're old school, I guess, or you'll have your phone there around in the notes section. Um, I think they're so great. You'll actually probably mm-hmm. want to take some notes. So lots of gems. Yeah, lots of gems. All right. So let's keep our conversation going. If you have any questions or comments about the show, you can find us on all our social media channels at lifting underscore leaders. There's so many more exceptional podcasts coming up more with fantastic guests. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. If you know someone who would find this episode inspiring, share it with them, text them, email them, or take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, please go to our website at liftingleaderspodcast.com 
You'll find show notes there as well. If you're looking for help in developing your leaders or would like a growth opportunity yourself through leadership coaching, please contact us through our website at www.liftingleaderspodcast.com. Thank you to Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show. Lastly, please subscribe to our podcast. It's free. Thank you, Trisha, for co-hosting and with me and leading today's discussion. Thanks, Crystal. It was fun. It was fun. Thanks to you, our audience, for listening. Find ways every day to lift each other up. Have a fantastic week. Take care.